see on CW contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Welcome, you are listening to DC on CW, Legends of Tomorrow edition on Rain Man Digital. If you're listening from your desktop, you can take us mobile by downloading the Rain Man Digital app, available in the iTunes App Store and Google Play. Simply search Rain Man Digital. And you can also find us on demand through iTunes and Stitcher by searching DC on CW. Once you find us there, please go ahead and leave us a review. That helps us out. Uh, today with me in the studio is Bobby D. Hello, hello. It's just the two of us today. Yeah. I'm Lauren Alexander. We'll, um, we'll manage. We we'll always, manage. We always do. We have good talks. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to be breaking down and discussing the season premiere. Welcome back to Legends of Tomorrow edition. Yay. Season three. Uh, it's going to be season three, episode one, Arubicon. And uh, the legends are relieved of their duties by the newly formed Time Bureau. Way to go. Way to go, guys. Mm. Uh, the legends steal the Wave Rider when Julius Caesar is spotted in Aruba. So let's get started. Um, with what is normally the the campiest show, and usually the happiest, yeah. with some really sad news, Victor Garber is going to be leaving Legends of Tomorrow. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, that's, yes, Bob, that's my reaction. I mean, when you put that in our little chat, you know that it was a news thing. That I mean, what today, right? Yeah, I, I was think just like, today. I was like, no. Like, I like him. Wait, no. <laughs> no. No, but I like that guy. That I is, like that thing. That is not allowed. I just watched him this week. <laughs> yeah. Um. EW confirmed this, but Deadline first reported the news. Um. In January, Garber will replace David Hyde Pierce as Horace Vandergelder in the Tony, Tony Award-winning production of Hello, Dolly!, so, yeah. That means no more him. That means no more him. He's busy with Broadway, which is a huge thing for him, and that's wonderful. But um, so so congratulations and good luck to him. Yeah. But bad, also, bad for us. How dare you? We're going to miss you. <laughs> um, you know, in the way they handled the premiere, though, uh, it was revealed that Stein's daughter Lily was expecting a child. So, I mean. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I feel like it's gonna work out well, but I'm as far as the, sh- the writing of the show is concerned. Yeah, but they have they have outs. But that's a bummer, man. Yeah, you know what? What is the future for Firestorm? Yeah, we'll we'll, so, we'll, we'll get into that later in the we'll, show. We'll get into that a little bit it's later. Just, uh, 
just disappointing. Again, it, it seemed like we had a solid cast that was going to be around for a while. Well, and he's, I mean, we always knew that this was kind of a a rotating cast. Yeah. We always knew that. But that doesn't make it any less of a bummer when the ones you like a lot and the ones you've seen grow over the course of this show. Because Professor Stein was like, meh, for me in yeah. Flash. He was kind of a douche. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a jerk. He was uptight. Um, You know, Q Legends. And he's still kind of like that. But then learns more about himself, learns more about other people, opens up to other people and grows as a character to become the Stein that we know and love. Yeah. And uh, this is the reaction when we somebody we like, unlike when the Hawk people left, we're just like, all right, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a little bit of lackluster writing, too. Yeah. Um, it was a mixture of things that just didn't pan out well. But yeah, this is a bummer, man. I'm Stein has grown a lot, and I've, I've really grown to love him as a character. Um, and his bond with Jax, too. Yeah, that, that I think that's where the character... Well, of course, he's going to be affected the most, but... Yeah, but that's where he, you know, they, they used that so effectively that both of them really started to shine. Yeah. Um. So, in better, happier news, uh, we've got Constantine coming back on Legends of Tomorrow. You know, I mean, he was only in one episode of Arrow, and now we're getting him on Legends, and he's going to be a uh, chain-smoking bisexual. And there will be some hot sex, says Digital Spy. <laughs> Thank you for putting that so they're not thinking that, like, oh, this this must be an article written by Bobby. Because, I'm like, no, didn't write this one. This was actually Ooh. like this. All right. So, I mean, this article is, is pretty spot on when it starts off, though, because it says DC fans are finally getting the portrayal of Constantine they deserve. Now that the demonologist has been confirmed for Legends of Tomorrow's third season. Uh, the good news was delivered October 10th when it was revealed that Matt Ryan would be returning to the Arrowverse after his one-off appearance back in 2015. And now we've been given a little tease as to what we can expect from the iconic Demon Hunter, and it's going to be nothing but pure John Constantine, which is, in fact, not very pure at all. Well, well played, Digital Spy. Um... So Phil Klemmer, one of the executive producers on Legends, has been busy detailing what it's going to look like, what he's going to be up to when he returns in season three. And it sounds dark and it sounds fun. Uh, Here's a little quote from him to The Hollywood Reporter. As for Constantine, we knew that an alienated, chain-smoking, bisexual, world-weary demonologist would feel right at home among our Legends. Which we've called for this for three seasons. We sure have. Our prayers are finally answered, uh, suggesting that Legends of Tomorrow won't be skimping on the sex and cigarettes. Clemmer promised that there will finally be some hot sex on the Wave Rider, because any sex we've seen hasn't been hot. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen a lot of sex on the Wave Rider, actually. No. Um, this has been one of the most sexless shows on CW, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. It's been more implied than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Implied nudity. Yeah. Uh, um, it's see. exciting. They, uh, from other articles that I read, that they, he is part of some kind of two-part exorcism. Yeah. Um. So, let's see. He revealed that Constantine's storyline will involve a revisiting of Arrow season four and the events following that season's finale, because the episode will also involve Damian Dark. Because how can you do an episode about magic, like dark magic, and not have Damian Dark? So, yeah, um, he insisted that Constantine's episode is going to be scary. Like, The Exorcist meets One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest scary, so we'll see about that. But 
Um, yeah, demonic possession in a mental institution. This is after we started the show with this is our happy show. <laughs> we uh, that is happy for us. Oh, well, true. I mean, <laughs> I love Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan loved playing Constantine, and we do have a Constantine show, technically, sort of. <laughs> if, with... you, if you want to count ten minute com- uh, cartoons, yeah. So there's, I mean, he's reprising his role at least, yeah, on a regular ish basis where he he did do it. Um, CW Seeds Constantine animated short series thing that's happening. I'm definitely going to give that a watch. I'm glad that they contacted Matt Ryan and said, "Hey, do you want to reprise your role? Do you want to voice your character?" Because he's such a good Constantine. Yeah, cause, uh, he did it in Justice League Dark too, right? Um, I you be- know what? I believe. He, I don't know. I believe he did. I think he voiced. Constantine. I in think that you might also. be right. Do you want to fact check that? Yeah, I'm doing that right now because I'm pretty sure that that is the case. Um, I I don't know though, but it's I either way. I don't even care. I'm just excited that we get to see him on screen, physically portraying Constantine again because he was so good in the show. And the cigarette thing wasn't totally a huge deal on NBC because they like implied that he was smoking, but. Um, I'm glad CW is not going to shy away from it. Uh, I <laughs> the way that they drink and do everything on the Wave Rider is yeah, smoking. It's, the, it's like the party bus of interdimensional travel. <laughs> yeah, well, in time travel. Anyway, sorry, not interdimensional, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it, it, <sighs> it's the party bus of time travel vessels. Yeah, I mean they're creating their own beer the, all the time. You yeah, know, with their little food thing. It's so. You know, again, I I always find it weird that, you know, why if a character smokes, especially when it's not like, maybe I'd understand if it was some kind of like, Charlie Brown has a cigarette in his mouth and it was little kids watching it. But you're not always getting that with Legends, so I don't know why they always made like a big deal about like with the Constantine thing. Um, It's because it's just it, it glorifies smoking and it's something that can kill you. But then alcohol is considered classy if you drink it a certain way. And so that's totally fine. Or it's just considered normal. Like, you know, and and while that's that's kind of true, you know what I mean? Like it's a lot of people drink alcohol but aren't addicted and aren't alcoholics. Um, whereas nicotine is is. Yeah. More quickly addicting. I guess I can see that. It's like, ew, you smoke. <laughs> also, it's stinky. Nobody's ever said like, ew, you're having a beer. Well, maybe people who don't drink at all. True. <laughs> but, um, uh, he did voice Constantine in well, cool. Justice League Dark. So. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a thing. But at the same time, I think with the way society is now, people can still be impressionable. But when it comes to smoking, I think a lot of people are actually starting to steer away from it. Yeah. Um, or at least have conversations about it and regulations as far as where you can and cannot smoke are, are more heavily in place now. So, And the Wave Rider isn't one of those. Yeah. So I think if it's part of a character, it's just part of their personality, part of their demeanor, part of their character. Why not show it? Uh, on another quick note before we go into our first break here, Legends of Tomorrow, as far as ratings, had 1.74 million, million viewers. Which was more than Supergirl. Which was more than Supergirl. You always wonder um, if that's because uh, Legends now, you know, is after Flash and people carry over. Oh, God. That might be. A better And you know what? That's in. totally fine. If that helps Legends gain more viewers because they are there and they're going, oh, crap. Yeah. Legends is on. Great. Let's just watch that, too. Yeah. Um, Then that's fine with me. Uh, They competed with This Is Us and 
blackish and all well, sorts of it, stuff. It, uh, it was a, it's a tough TV night, so yeah. I mean, to get, you know, almost 2 million viewers right off the bat, which is that that single day number, the overnight number. Yeah. That's pretty good because those are some top of the top of the heat for, you know, rating wise. And they probably got some new viewers, too. So, yeah, fingers crossed for that. All right. Let's go into our first break here. And when we come back, we will get into the episode Arubicon. Every time they do that, I get hungry for chicken. Have you missed an episode of DC on CW? Catch up on all of our discussion from Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Just search DC on CW on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find it on the Rain Man Digital app. Just search Rain Man Digital from the iTunes App Store or Google Play. It's what I do. Yeah, I'm the slave master. God damn it! Oh, all right. <laughs> Once again, will you allow? Because I, I don't, I don't want him to assault you. That's one thing I won't do on the show. I will whore you out only if you're willing. <laughs> Can he just I, think of yourselves as you know that that girl that just comes off the bus stop in L.A. And she doesn't have a lot of money back in the 60s or 70s. And she sees herself a nice young stud of a black man across the street. These are the old days, guys. The 70s and 60s, the days of pimping. (laughs) And he treats her right, takes her out to to breakfast, to Denny's, gives her coffee and a Grand Slam. And he tells her he's going to make her a star. And she feels comfortable and he slowly woos her. Not condoning this type of action. I'm just saying that's what I'm like. I'm not condoning it. It's not for everybody. <laughs> but I'm saying hypothetically. But essentially, I'm the black stud of a man hanging out across the street trying to whore you guys out, uh-huh. making you guys feel comfortable. And each of us on the show is that girl that got off the bus <laughs> in the wrong part. <laughs> for more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. This is Star Wars from the Bucket Tank Exclusive. How do you feel about seeing a fight scene in a Star Wars movie that has nothing to do with Jedi and it's between Finn and Captain Phasma? Do you think that's a good call? I think it is because, like, here's the thing. We have to understand that they're trying to actually uh, promote that the universe is larger than what we thought. Right. When everyone was, like, saying, oh, why is... is 
been allowed to use a lightsaber. I'm like, like, why can't he use a lightsaber? It's a tool. Yeah, but it's also a Jedi weapon. It's sacred. If he's not not a Jedi, he shouldn't be wielding it. That's how I feel as a Star Wars nerd. He can still activate it, and he can swing it like a bat. Yeah, guess what? I can also activate my dick and swing that like a bat. It doesn't mean I'm going to go into battle with it. Legends of Tomorrow, Season 3, Episode 1, Rubicon. Uh, it was directed by Rob Seidenglanz? 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 I don't know. Names, man. It was written by Phil Klemmer and Mark Guggenheim, which are, you we know. We know them. We know those guys. They are showrunners. They're executive producers on this show. Uh, and most of the shows. Yeah. <laughs> um. So jumping right into the episode, you know, the the premiere started right where it left off. Los Angeles is in complete chaos. There's a T-Rex running around. There's all sorts of crap going big awry. Big Ben's there. Yeah, all Big Ben is stuff. in L.A. Uh, and did you expect to see the Time Bureau immediately? I I don't know what I expected. I, I think... We kind of speculated, like, how many episodes will the fucked up timeline last? You know, where they were going to be running yeah. around L.A. And, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Who's the jungle kid? That that oh, was all the um, rumors. Kamandi. Yeah, we we you know that was uh, that this is going to be his land because it's the what 75th anniversary or 50th anniversary of him. And you know there was all those speculations. So I expected this to kind of last for a yeah. couple episodes or at least this whole episode. But, you know, you never know. It, it might they might still go way deep into the past and meet him or meet someone. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's anything can happen on this show. So it's it's kind of nice to be blindsided. Yeah. Um, and you kind of you, you, you know, um, buy the bullshit, let's say, yeah. you know, when Rip comes in. Yeah. Um, so we've got this this new 2017 timeline. Rip comes in. He has spent the past five years with the Bureau, and only 15 minutes have passed for the Legends. <laughs> uh, he pops right back in, and he's just like, you guys, you are screwing everything up. Stop it. You don't need to be a thing anymore. I'm disbanding you. It's fine. It's yeah. just fine. Um, there is some There are some obvious Men in Black comparisons to be made between them and the Time Bureau. Uh, they show up and they have these little portal devices to bring everything back to normal, which is really cool. But then they've also got these little little zappy guys that zap the memory. Yeah. yeah. Much like neuralizers. <laughs> I, like, I mean, even like you, you wonder like when they went to wardrobe and they're like, all right, we need to get we need to get these guys in some nice suits that, you know, they're going to be the men in blue. and they're like, yeah, we can they come out in the black suits at first. So like, yeah, we can't, can't do this shit. I <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those things. It was like holy men in black. That was the first like five minutes. That's all I was thinking. I'm like, yeah. What else are they gonna do? <laughs> it was good though. It was a nice little uh nice little 
throwback, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Um, but it was, they, they seem efficient. They seem like they're getting the job done and well, they're worried about protecting things. Yeah. Um, rather than just, I, I don't know. There's still a new organization, so there's plenty of time for corruption, but, <laughs> yeah. but so far they seem good. Um, they they efficiently there's a lot of members too and they're super efficiently going around opening up these portals and having the you know having the t-rex run back into it, its correct period and all of this stuff it is it, it was impressive rip has built a little empire for himself good for him yeah um but of course then he disbands the legends right then and there and fast forward 6 months to regular 2017 sarah's in Star City, working at a spoof of Bed Bath and Beyond. What was it? Sinks, showers, and more. Shink, sink, sink, showers, sink, and shower, and stuff. Yeah. Shink, 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 shower, and shink, shink, shower, and stuff. Um, and she's throwing knives and fantasizing about slitting her boss's throat. <laughs> Things are clearly going well. Um, that none of these characters that we see are totally able to adjust back to normal. Um, I think Steel is the only one that is kind of doing that because he got in touch with Team Flash and is working alongside them as a superhero in Central City yeah. and arguing with Wally about, you know, hey, man, leave some guys for me. Yeah. And and the weird thing was, is so, you know, we get back to like the Sarah, you know, being at Thinks Showers and stuff. I was like, why isn't she with Team Arrow? And then I figured out, oh, shit, this is only six months in advance. Do we know what, like, were they not giving away stuff? And that's what I was wondering, if people were wondering why Barry Allen wasn't with um, Steel, why Sarah wasn't with Team Arrow, because we really don't know what the outcome is of the island yet. Barry technically hadn't come back yet. You know, so I was wondering if people were, confu- were confused if you didn't watch the other shows. Now, we always assume that if you watch one, you watch them all. But, uh <laughs> you know it just seemed weird like you know for me where i was like why is sarah why wouldn't sarah just be with oliver and stuff if she's back well i think also they to be fair they did have a conversation later um when they when they all got together after being called by mick and she said i'm doing great work in star city and they're like really because it looks like you work in retail at sink shower and stuff and she was like yeah well even a vigilante has to pay the bills yeah so that doesn't necessarily mean that she's not working with Team Arrow, but this is the more mundane part of it because that's the thing she loves. She yeah. she loves doing that. She loves being on the street, catching criminals, setting things right, dishing out justice, being a vigilante. But in order to show, I think I think there's a couple things at play. I think it was an easy way for them to show the more mundane side of her life because in all honesty, how would a person who's been pronounced dead twice get a decent job? <laughs> And the way I I look at it is like a, it's a you know what we call con depression. Yeah. When you're going around and you're like you're meeting all these people and you're doing all these cool and you're things. hanging out with people that you don't normally see all the time and you're partying and everything's yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, and you're like, wow, this is this is the real world. And then you go back home, you're like, I gotta get up at five to go to work in the morning. And I gotta like, go, you know, 
sell things to people or sit in front of a computer all day or whatever it is you do. It's just like, oh. You're like, I was just in the hard rock chasing down stars and taking (laughs) pictures with them. What the fuck? Hugging Charlie Cox. And and now here we are. Yeah. Now I'm being yelled at about something. This is horrible. You know who I was with this weekend? And that's what I like. I almost felt that way for Ray, you know, where, you know, he has all the knowledge oh, and God. power in the world to do great things and he's making a dating app. I think that's honestly that's um that's got to be the most insulting one because he had an entire company and he is one of the greatest scientific minds of his generation. Um and a great businessman. Well, maybe not great, maybe just good, but like was good at finding people to be good at the business side of things for him. Yeah. I don't know. You know, he's, he's incredible at like, what is it? Physics? No, I don't know. I forget what it is for him, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. What matters is that he is amazingly talented when it comes to all of his scientific work and, and he puts in so much effort and he's so smart and he had a huge company and now He's not even top dog somewhere. He's not even on like a real research team. He's just helping in a company that's making a dating app. Yeah. Don't talk and the guy to is condescending. Yeah. Oh, that's if it, just if awful. It's, if it's not in an app, it ain't shit. Yeah. You're like, oh, asshole. God. And then Steele is, uh, you know, like we mentioned, he's hanging out with Wally. Barry's not mentioned. I think all of this was good ways at looking at what their lives would be like without spoiling anything that's going on currently in, in the other shows. Yeah. It was really well played. Um, and then of course we see Mick and Mick is just being Mick on a beach in Aruba on a bender. He's been drinking. He's been soaking up the sun. He's been participating in some petty larceny and you know, no big deal. No big deal. Just hanging out. Oh, and what was it? Uh, Collecting um, a large amount of STDs. Yes. An an impressive collection of STDs or something like that. Yes, Mick was definitely seemed to adjust. Yeah. Um, So you wanted to talk about Wally. So let's let's spend some time on him. Uh, As a character, he might be at the end of his run on Flash. It, It, you know, it just seems like they're getting away from the speedster thing. How many speedsters do they need? You know, um, and it always the question is, you know, what do they do with him over there? And could he fit in with being legends? And was this kind of like the introduction that he knows who they are now? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do away with Wally as far as being a speedster and stuff. But, you know, maybe he might go away from Flash for a little while. I would be cool with him being a legend. Um. He's young. He's interested in seeing the world. And, you know, I think he's he's got a personality that would kind of contrast with not clash, but just contrast with some of the uh, more mature seasoned members of the Wave Rider. Yeah. And I think that could make for some interesting um, some interesting storytelling, especially because, you know, he is used to working with Barry. And Barry is pretty, he can be pretty solemn and pretty like, hey, man, this is my call. This is what we're doing until he lightens up. And you know what I mean? So I, I don't think, I don't know. I think I think it'd be good. I don't think it'd be a bad thing. Yeah, I was just wondering because I just thought it was an interesting choice of what character from Team Flash that they kind of grouped him with. You know, to where 
like a dynamic between him and Cisco would have been different, you know, and why did they choose Wally out of all of Team Flash? So I just thought maybe they were kind of a little foreshadowing there. Maybe he'll show up on the Wave Rider a little bit. That yeah. way they can kind of, you know, get him away from Flash, but keep him in the universe. That's, I mean, that's an interesting thing to talk about. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. Um, now let's talk more about Firestorm. So Jax quit school. He, you know, they came back and Stein has been spending time with his family. He's retired, I think, at this point. Um, and Jax went to school. And with all the engineering work that he's been doing, um, and from the conversation they have, it sounds like, you know, he's just breezing through an engineering degree. Um, Stein was saying, you know, you could have your master's in like two years, man. You know, what are you, what are you doing? Why'd you drop out? But Jax just can't get time travel out of his head. Yeah. And, and you see, you know, them struggle, well, at least Jax struggle with, you know, the thrill. Yeah. The, the, the rush of actually working on something. And, you know, I've had that like experience at work to where you think about going back to school after being like in your field or doing what you've been doing for so long. And you're like, you go to school. And you listen to these people just spout bullshit because they've never actually done it in the real life. I feel like that's what Jax is going through now, that they're talking about stuff. And he's like 10 levels above them because he's done time travel and fixed those kind of things that they know nothing about. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, God, it's things are going to go. Things are going to go differently for these characters now, and they want back into this life, at least temporarily. You know, Stein might be a little more hesitant, but Jax really wants to go back to the Wave Rider. And, um, you know, him dropping out of school and all that stuff, he's he's committed to that. That's what he's committed to in his life. And yet we're going to see Stein leaving. So what is the future of Firestorm and the Firestorm Matrix. Um, you know, is is Martin going to get replaced? I don't think Jax would be willing to do that. Does Jax go solo? I don't know. See, and I think we actually discussed this at one time to where we were wondering if, you know, Jax has found his purpose as the engineer on the ship and that he could, you know, he's kind of learned how to handle himself. You know, he, they don't always form the Matrix so he can handle hand-to-hand you know, so I could see him just being like the ship guy um, without being like, I don't think Firestorm is who he is. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, I don't think that I don't think he's a one trick pony yeah. when it comes to Firestorm. I think that Jax has other purpose. I think that he has other skills. But I know that if he stays on the Wave Rider and he's just the engineer, he loves that. But he might be pining for firestorm yeah. now that doesn't mean that that wouldn't just be a, a an okay story arc for him and stuff you know what i mean and like some extra writing and some extra conflict for him to go through um but i think his place probably is on the wave rider because they even last season we saw him without stein stein was back on the ship in the med bay or something like that and Jax was going in just regular human jacks with the you know strength that he has built up and the um, the fighting techniques that he's learned training on the wave rider and going in with, you know, a, a gun or a weapon or something to yeah. just handle business. And, and I think that's what they, I mean, we saw him last year get used as, you know, cover for like the slave owners and stuff like that. 
where we, like you said, we did see him by himself. So if... And he was insistent upon doing things even when he couldn't be Firestorm. Yeah. And we didn't see Firestorm as much as, you know, because it always seemed to be like the answer is like, why don't you guys, you guys are a nuclear weapon, just join. You know, and they found a way around it. Maybe last year was kind of the test of how can we do this? And now they know. And it's like, yeah, you can go do your, you know, your play and come back when you want to, you know, write them off that way. Yeah. I think um, we've got another we've got another element at play here in this situation, and that is pregnant Lily uh, Stein's daughter. And I think, you know, you were posing the question of how will this play into this whole situation? And I think it's going to be the perfect way out of time traveling for Stein. And to be completely honest, he's the only one that really has a solid family thing going on at home. You know, he left a wife behind to go time travel for however long. And he now has a daughter that is in his life who is now expecting a child of their own. So he's got a grandkid coming and, um, you know, he's not a young man. You ready for the first prediction sure to go wrong? Woo-hoo-hoo, here we go. Bobby, what is it? Whoever the father is of the kid is going to end up being the big bad for the season. What if whoever the father of the kid is, is the next Firestorm? That, that could, the next half of Firestorm. Yeah, that could be, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, fuck you. <laughs> well, no, I just think it would be a cool, like, if they find out and, you know, then he gets kidnapped for the season or something like that. Yeah. You know, and taken away. I just, uh, that's why I was wondering what what role will that play? Because they kind of were not very specific in Whether talking about leaving. the dad. Yeah. You know, and if he's around or what it was. Well, that brings into question the other thing here is you know is stein gone for good or is he gone for the season yeah because i mean but i think it's gonna be for good you think you think it's done done he's listen like he's an older man and that's not necessarily like a deal breaker right then and there but he has a wife and an adult daughter and who's expecting a child and he he's lived man you know like he's He's lived and now he's gotten to time travel and see incredible things and meet himself in the past and all sorts of stuff. I think he's probably content and he's getting to a spot where he's like, I'm good, man. Call me if you have any questions. Come yeah. visit. And you always wonder because they can return him back to the spot they left. But what physical toll does a time travel take on somebody? Yeah. Like if I've been gone for 10 years, you know, my body's going to age 10 years. Exactly. Right? I mean, so you don't want to screw with it too much. You want to seem like you're still aging alongside the person you're with, at least relatively like normally. Yeah. So I don't know. It's an interesting thing. And I almost wish that they would have held back on the story, you know, as far as I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm fed up with spoilers, you know, especially major things that we just know over the next you know, eight episodes or nine episodes or whatever it is before the Christmas break that yeah. we're going to lose a character. <sighs> yeah, man. I don't know. This is just, that's a bummer. That's a bummer to start the season off with. Like, hey, by the way, one of your favorite characters. Yeah. Is going yeah. It went from let's talk about the episode to let's speculate how they're going to get rid of Stein. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, uh, so the team may have been disbanded at the beginning of the episode. But 
It doesn't take too long for them to get back together. Start doing Legends things, because who the hell wants to live in the real world when you could be time traveling? I don't. Exactly. I mean, come on. Yeah. So the focus this time is on Caesar and his horrible salads, which I, I disagree. Yeah. I, they can be made poorly, but Caesar dressing <laughs> is good. I don't know. Delicious. Uh, as he ruins mixed vacation, which might be a strong word for it. Um, so the team really wants to get back in the good graces of Rip. They really want to show him, hey, man, we don't suck so much. We can fix time. We're good, right? And they get the wrong Caesar. So. Ah. Yeah. We knew. Awkward. Yeah, you kind of know legends are going to do legends things. Yeah. The favorite, favorite quote of the episode. Sometimes we screw things up for the better. Ooh, that's good. That should be our motto. We should use that. <laughs> like on their crest. Yeah, man. Sometimes we screw things up for the better. <laughs> Look at Lily. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the, the team gets the wrong Caesar, right? And then that Caesar steals a book from Nate, the historian, who should be keeping an eye on his historical books when there are, there are historical figures on the ship. Because then Caesar knows what the future holds. And instead of making the normal mistakes that he would make, he doesn't make them and he conquers the whole world. Basically. Yeah. The new world and, you know, Europe, at least. Oh, my God. So, I mean, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it is. And that wasn't the only thing rough. So, you know, doing show notes and everything, I looked and the Internet was pretty hard on the characters, you know, making these mistakes, calling the characters that they're written too dumb, you know, that, you know, how how could he lose the book? Shouldn't he even felt the book get lost and, you know, getting the wrong guy. And, you know, they they're thinking the show is too goofy. Now, my opinion is I don't think it's that way. I just look at it as, you know, the historian fanboying over Caesar and shit happens, you yeah. know. Um, I, I don't know. I just thought it was, it was weird because it wasn't like a, these were comments. These were actual articles, you know, that were written by people, you know, that are what, out there. What kind of people were writing them? Like critics or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, you know, it I was, mean, it's campy. It, yeah. And it's just, so you always wonder when you see these things and that the reason I bring it up here is because it's just like, was this your first time watching the show? You know, did you not know what you were getting into? Yeah, and because I didn't feel that way, and I just I I did you at all? I mean, no, I mean I I thought it was fine. I I don't have issues with this show generally. Yeah, and and I look at the goofy thing as it being fun, and that's how we've always described the show. The people that have never seen it, it's not you know the seriousness of Oliver Queen and Arrow, and you know the hopeful thing we get from Supergirl. You know, I don't even know what we would call Flash these days because it's changed so much. But Legends is always one of those things where we know we can go into and not have to worry about, you know, politics or, you know, big issues that they're going to go in and have awkward high fives and do stupid shit. And, you know, things that we could probably see ourselves doing. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know. It was just weird for me, like I said, reading the articles, you know, just trying to find, you know, what kind of the idea was of how the show went for people so i just i just don't have a i just don't have a problem with with the campy of the episode and i think that this episode was 
was especially campy and it was that way for a purpose. It was getting us back into the groove of it and showing us how much, how much of, uh, quote yes. unquote screw ups the, the team is compared to this professional time bureau. Yeah. You, you have to, yeah. Well, that and then, then you thought they were awkward before on the ship. Look how awkward they are in real life. Yeah, man. Um, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was a really nice entry back into the character because it's the characters that we love in this show. You know what I mean? Like it's the story is fine. The story is good, but we like the characters more, I think. Yeah. And, and like you said, it, it did show the polar kind of the polar opposite of what the Bureau was or is, you know, as far as procedural and, and they're, A to B and B to C and C to D and. You know, they're kind the of legends the, jumps. Yeah, they're kind of the underdogs, too, where they're figuring things out as they go. They're figuring things out on the fly. None of them had time traveled before they got on the Wave Rider. None of them had dealt with this sort of thing. You know, they're using their own experiences and figuring it out. And it and it feels better to kind of um, be in the shoes of the rookie. You know what I mean? Then um, or like the novice at this point, then the professional uptight blue coats. That's what we're calling them now. They're yeah. the blue coats. <laughs> Well, but, that, that and, you know, I think we always need to remember that these are the people that time would forget and wouldn't miss. Yeah. And if they were so perfect and invisible, then time would forget them. Oh, damn. I don't know. But Rip ends up basically just, he, he makes them a part of the men in blue. You know what I mean? Like, he makes them a part of the Time Bureau. And, um... I, I don't know. He, he brings them on in and uh, I don't know. Do you think this was his plan to make them like prove themselves? I, I don't know. And, and, and see, the thing was you always look at these things as Rip probably knows better than anybody because remember when, you know, they, you know, the time police before um, they were very, yeah, you had to keep with your, it was almost as procedural as like the the men in blue are right now. Oh, it was mechanical. Man. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they did totally. it, and and so maybe Rip sees the point of having like the legends out there, like having that, the wild cards. Yeah, yeah, that, that that rogue squad of people that can go out and just have a skill set that he can't teach, that it isn't from a book, and and so I almost thought it was it's part of his plan that he needs these people. You know, to help him somewhere down the line, because remember, he can see everything. So something else is going on that he probably needs them for. I think there's probably I think you're probably right. And there's probably a couple things at play here, too. So we saw that the training simulations were all like against they were all basically replays of what we've seen the legends go up against. And while, you know, these professionals in training do this in such a procedural way and they calculate all the risks and whatever. um, at the same time, you know, later on in the episode, we see that kind of go against them because they don't have the same real life experience in different scenarios other than this that that come back in. Like Sarah's able to relate a situation to trying to catch shoplifters in a retail store. Yeah, the bait and wait. Yeah, man. So it's just, you know, I think I think there's a couple things here. I think um, the training sims being. Uh, challenges that the legends have faced, I think that shows a couple of things. He wants to see how other people handle it. He wants to, and and I think he has respect for the things that the legends have gone through. I think he respects that they have gone through hell and they've dealt with some really impossible choices and everybody makes them differently. Yeah. Um, 
But I think, I think he's also assessing, you know, his, his recruits too. And I think you're right. I think so a couple of things on the legends being a part of, you know, the time bureau and whatever. I, I think he, he needs them to be a little more careful. You know what I mean? I think he needs to go, Hey guys, clean up your act a little bit. Yeah. But then also, yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think maybe the, the danger of this bureau being so procedural is that Eventually, maybe it'll evolve into the Time Masters, unless there is some room for um, improvisation or, you know, like real life experience, experience yeah. coming in. You know what I mean? Like, it's just without that wild card there, everyone is so stiff. And you wonder if, like, say the the five years that he was training these people, they were going through the simulations to see if somebody would take the chance that Sarah took, right. you know, in the ship and he just didn't find them. So yeah. it's like, go out and, you know, get them back. They need to be part of this. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, the <laughs> uh, and, and this totally has a suicide squad feel to it where like the legends are the ones that go out and they get to, they get to do, they get to be on the, on the ground right up in there in the action. And the bureau is, basically a cleanup crew yeah it's argus yeah yeah come in clean up the lit and i was like it, it was weird because that, that was the first thing i thought i was like oh look you know th this is where we're going with this i think you know it's yeah you go carry take care of dinosaurs we'll take care of the real shit yeah um so do you think the legends are going to work better now that they have some oversight though someone watching over them and kind of uh, kind of commanding them or guiding them at least um I think they will work better, but I think it'll work better for the show because what I hope it does is it eliminates that like internal fighting between the team that now they can like it seems that they were away long enough that they missed each other and they know like they're a family and they're yeah. all one. But then you have to have somebody against you. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what the time bureau is going to be is like where they're going to be like. You guys need to do this, 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 and this, and you know that'll start like the infighting between the two groups. Well, we've already seen Sarah's counterpart, yeah, <laughs> and the fight between them. So, and yeah, I they're mean, they're gonna make out sometime, probably. Yeah, she's probably pent up, and even if she's not into girls, she'll probably consider it because Sarah's kind of persuasive. Um, Did Sarah imply she predatory. slept with a dude again? Yeah. Okay, yeah. just making sure. I mean, she is bisexual. Yeah, I know. It's just been a while since she. You right. I think, they, heard the I other think way. That they threw that in there to remind people that she's bi, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I was just making sure I caught that right. I think they were just mixing it up because they always, because she is a bisexual character yeah. and not specifically gay. And But all last season, she was only hitting on girls. Exactly. I think they wanted to make a little distinction there. Um, but I think you're right. I, I feel like the internal fighting just, that it's gotten old among all the shows. You know what I mean? Like, it's gotten real old on Flash and Arrow. Yeah. There's only so many times these people that are family can fight with each other and betray each other. And oh, you did this and didn't tell me. And oh, my God. Uh. So uh, I think that it'll be nice for them to be a solid, solid team. And instead of betraying each other or having secrets from each other or whatever, uh, you know, they'll have a kind of a rival organization. Yeah. Where, like, like they're working together, but they both want to be better than the other. Yeah. So I I don't I think that's going to be a good thing. Um, let's close out with the one character that we didn't really see anything of until the very end. 
So Amaya, she's not on the Wave Rider anymore with them. She wasn't even in 2017. She went back to the 40s. Um, and it was referenced quite a few times. I honestly wasn't even expecting to see her in this episode no. because they were just talking about her. I figured this was one of those uh, we'll see her later mid-season. Yeah. You know. There was a breakup. She went back to her own time. Um, and she seems to be honing in on her f- actual power. Holy crap. I mean, before, Amaya was just able to use her necklace to channel the power of other animals. But now she's able to send out multiple of those. You know what I mean? She's not just channeling the power of a gorilla or an elephant or something like that. She's using that power and sending out a herd, a stampede of elephants attacking a military power that has come to pillage her village. Rhyme intended. Uh, (laughs) But that's, that's crazy. I, I it shocked me and and I I don't know and I really haven't looked yet but does it jive with source material because I always thought the necklace brought the power of whatever animal she was summoning to her that she wasn't able to kind of summon these spirit animals to go run at people. Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as her powers go, um I I don't know if that's something that that she can do normally. I, I'm not sure. I've never seen that in the comics. Um, I know that she has the ability to communicate. Um, she can she takes on the abilities of of animals, you know, even like mythical ones. Um and I know she can she can use that, but I don't know if she can she basically it's like it mimics the abilities of the animals is yeah. is what she has the ability to do and i don't know if that's something normal and even if it's not i'm i'm pretty okay with it yeah i i just it just caught me off guard when that happened i was just like wait a minute i've never seen this before yeah uh, she doesn't do it in the future or you know her grandchild doesn't do it in the future um, well, maybe she never passed that along yeah, too you it know? could be so, just a learned thing yeah so, you got to channel the power long enough and Whatever. So. What do you, What do you think? Is she gonna get? How long till she's back on the ship? Dude, I don't know. I I don't know. And I'm a, I'm a little bit I'm a little blindsided by a couple things in this episode. You know, I, we were expecting the dystopian like weirdness in Los Angeles to be. Um, well, it looked dystopian at the end of last season, but it turns out it's not really. Um, we were expecting the weirdness of the timeline to go on longer. Mm-hmm. And I was not expecting Amaya to be back in the 40s in her village in Africa. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the future holds for her, but it does she seem like she's getting a little power hungry, a little power happy to you? Yeah, it, it, it definitely she, had like a different mood to her. So yeah, that's what I wonder if, you know, it, does she get back on the ship? I don't know if she ever will. It, you know, can't she handle like, it? Like, you know, is she caught up in this? This is my destiny thing. Because she knows she has to be there. Is this the problem with knowing the future? Yeah. I think there's that. And I think um, I think she's trying to fight the future, too. I think she's trying to get as much power as possible. And she she's getting a little power happy. Um, she's getting a little drunk with power. Uh, and she's potentially even taking joy in taking down those soldiers and killing them. Yeah. I just wonder where, where they're going. You know, what's going to draw them to 1942 Africa? Yeah, I don't. Anything could. That's the beauty of this show. Yeah. 
you know, is it going to be a selfish mission? Which, again, we could see, you know, because it would cause problems with, you know, the Time Bureau, like we said, the inner fighting between the two groups of, right. you know, you, you need to do this. This isn't on the radar. You know, you're supposed to be going to, you know, remove a dolphin from the Salt Lake for some reason. It's yeah. There, you know. So, you know, I don't know. We could speculate all day, but at the at the end of it, I it could be anything. It could be anything. Yeah, it just it was it was an odd. I thought it was going to be one <laughs> big happy family coming into this season. That was a big surprise to and, see Amaya there and like that. Yeah, even the the whole story that they've already broke they broke up and she went back and you know and then like you said knowing that Stein is going to be gone. Yeah. So with that, I mean, let's let's get into some final thoughts here. Um I didn't have a problem with the campiness of the episode, I thought it was nice comic relief to come back to, especially after such a such a heavy Supergirl episode. <laughs> we're we're not covering Flash and Arrow tonight, so we we won't get into those. But ugh, Supergirl was heavy. It was good, but it was heavy, and it was really nice in the same uh, few days to see Legends being a little more upbeat. Yeah, yeah, they were dealing with some stuff, but it, there was comic relief in there too, even when it was dark humor. Um, I mean, there's not, there wasn't a lot of visual effects. There was the portals. There was like, you know, Big Ben and the dinos and the Wave Rider yeah. and everything it's, just looked solid. It's every, yeah. Everything was honed in, you know, even those Firestorm. Those portals look nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and those are bright white. Like they, they look good. And they're in the middle of the daytime and stuff too. Like they, yeah. And even the fact that they got like, uh, kind of like the level of the ground, right? It wasn't, didn't look awkward. You know, yeah. that they were running into something that wasn't level with the other side of the portal. I mean, they they did everything good. I mean, but we expect that they kind of limit their their uh their visual effects. visual effects. You yeah. know, a lot of it looks to be practical. So and that's that's what I was gonna say too, is you know, when visual effects do happen in Legends, um, they're usually good because they don't have to have a consistent budget for it other than Firestorm. Yeah. For the most part. You know. Um, they're they're not animating like three or four speedsters on screen yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, chasing each other across. Yeah, there's know, very minimal. Seven hundred miles. Yeah, there's like an initial activation of Amaya's powers, and then there's firestorm going around, and you know maybe some laser blasters, and then, you know some the occasional explosion. But a lot of it's like hand to hand and and espionage type it, things. Yeah. And speaking of the hand to hand, the Katie Lott's fighting with what's going to be her new girlfriend, um, you, you know, uh, doing that shield run. Yeah. You know, it, it, what is nice is that, you know, if you watch some of the videos that she is the one actually doing it. And so you can see it, you know, you know, doing the wire work and running across. Ugh. It was it was that was like one of those moments where they kind of use her dance background and all that stuff to make it look really, really good. Well, and she is I mean. She does stunts and stuff and yeah. fighting. Like she is a martial artist and she practices those those stunts and stuff, man. She's amazing. Yeah. She's so athletic and so good at what she does. Um and I think she has a lot of fun doing stunts. So that's I mean, it's always good to see that. It's yeah. nice it's it, nice it, seeing that. And it's nice when they write it in. You yeah. Know? It's like why else will I run across all these shields? It right? looks fucking awesome, dude. Because it. it looks cool and she can do it. Yeah. Why else? Why else do you gotta? Um, any, any last thoughts from you? Any, any final things, any final speculations? Uh, not, not, 
not too much more than kind of what we went over already. Um, it it was uh, again, it's a fun episode. It's something even with the like the theme songs and like the background music of what they do. It's nothing's too serious, and it just it makes me happy just because it's so much in this day and age. Just so. Like, we have to have a stand on this, or we have to be so serious. And then, you know, when they do the campy stuff or, you know, the the goofy things that it just reminds me of, like, my friends, like, our friends doing shit. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why I always kind of gravitate towards this, and I look forward to it. I'm never always... Sometimes when I watch the other shows, I'm like, oh, geez, they're going to have to deal with that this week. I don't know if I want to watch that. You know <laughs> what I mean? it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah, you're just like, oh, great. Here we go again. And this one, I'd never have to worry about that stuff. So it's uh, – I'm glad it's catching on. I'm happy with some of the announcements, like the Constantine thing, where they're bringing Ugh. in these characters that we want to see. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a solid start to the season, and I'm looking forward to it. We welcome you back with open arms, Legends of Tomorrow. We love you. Um, with that, that's going to be it for today's DC on CW Legends of Tomorrow edition. Remember, you can always catch any past and future DC on CW episodes through the Rain Man digital app. And be sure to follow us on social medias. Our Twitter is at DC on CW. Facebook is Facebook.com slash DC on CW. And our Instagram is at DC underscore on underscore CW. And we will catch you next time. Not in the mood for chit-chat. Gotcha. Ready when you are.